Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. A father will be divided against his son and a son against his father. A mother against her daughter and a daughter against her mother. A mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. The Gospel of the Lord. I imagine that for a lot of us here this morning that that gospel strikes and touches upon something very true and very real and very personal in your own lives, the division in households, right? Fathers against sons, mothers against daughters, siblings against siblings, all of it. Divided families. It happens for all sorts of reasons. And I just don't know anybody, any family who really, I mean... It just seems like everybody in some way is touched by a story like that. And for many people, and maybe for a lot of us here this morning, the dividing line cuts directly through Jesus. Like some in your family are still very much in the church, practicing the faith where there's others who are just gone, who have left the church, left the faith, have a real antipathy, real antagonism towards the faith. I mean, how many parents I've talked to who are just so heartbroken because their kids and their grandkids um, are no longer practicing the faith. There's a real guilt, a real pain. You know, like we sent them to Catholic school, we sent them to Catholic high school, we sent them to Catholic college, and now they don't even go to church. Our grandkids haven't been baptized. These very, very painful realities. Jesus said this would happen. He anticipated it, right? He said it would happen. He anticipated it. But the question, I guess is why? Why? The theory I'm going to throw out to you this morning, for what it's worth, is I think it's because he makes a claim of ultimacy. Like, he draws lines where the world doesn't draw lines. He draws a line in the sand. He is the ultimate criterion of truth and falsehood. He's the ultimate criterion of right and wrong. He's the ultimate criterion of good and evil. He says he didn't come to bring peace, which is shocking to us, right? When he asks the question, do you suppose that I came to bring peace? And we sit there and think, like, well, yeah. <laughs> like, aren't you the prince of peace? Aren't you the prince of peace? Aren't you the guy who says, hey, everyone, let's just get along? Isn't that who you are? He says, no. 
I came to bring division. That seems so wrong. That seems so contradictory from what we know about him. But here's the thing. If you stop and consider who he is and what his mission is, it becomes clear. It makes all the sense in the world. He's a savior. He is the savior. In some ways, I was, I, the image I had this morning when I was praying about that was he is like the scalpel held in the father's hand, the surgeon's hand, and he has come to cut between cancer and healthy tissue so as to remove the cancer. Like he has come to cut out sin, to create division between what is flourishing and what is death, between what is health and what is death, between what is grace and what is sin. Like the father hates sin and he hates it for one reason, not because necessarily he's offended, he hates it because of what it does to us. That's why he hates sin. That's why all throughout the Old Testament, he has such an antagonism towards all those powers and forces that resemble and are symbolic of sin. Right? He has Joshua put the ban on the Amalekites, and he's, he's asking Joshua to mow down this army that represents an antagonism towards the ways of God. All of Pharaoh and his army are drowned in the sea because... Anything that's opposed to the goodness of God has to be destroyed. You leave no quarter for evil. Jesus is like that oncologist, that surgeon who's saying, I'm going to put the ban on all cancer. I'm not going to leave any behind. Because if I do, it's your death. So Jesus comes and he draws these definitive lines, not to box us in, but to tell us, like, hey, this thing that you're this lifestyle that you're choosing, this thing that you're moving towards, this, this way that you're behaving, all of that stuff, it's not going to lead to your, your flourishing, your happiness, your growth. You're chasing after counterfeits. You're running after something that's going to cause your spiritual death. You're going to hurt your heart. You're going to hurt other people's hearts in the process. And there is in those people that we know who hate, hate those lines. Maybe it's your kids or your grandkids or friends, you know, like people hate those lines that Jesus draws. Like, I want to draw the lines. I want to draw the lines. It's the, it's, the Luc- it's the original Luciferian temptation. I want to be God. I want to be God. They want to be God because ultimately they've misunderstood, they've misconstrued who God is. They think that he's a killjoy, a, a taker, a destroyer. They see him pitted in opposition to human flourishing, opposition to human freedom, in opposition to human joy. Right, like Jesus in the gospel, I've come to cast fire upon the earth, and how I wish it were already blazing. They see Jesus in this fire as this destroying inferno. Right, they look at like Notre Dame in Paris and say, that's what happens when you let God get close. He destroys you. It's just the, like, all that that was, all that that is, is the diabolical mockery of what God really desires. Like, look at the book of Revelation, the woman clothed in the sun. Right? That's the actual Notre Dame on fire. Not burning rafters and, like, destruction and sadness, but radiant in glory. The burning bush of Exodus 3.14, Right? Moses drew near. The bush was on fire, but it wasn't consumed. Like, you look at all of, like, the, the, the major intellectual players of the 19th and 20th century, the, the major atheistic philosophers, those folks, like, their conception of God was, 
they saw God as this destroying presence that the relationship between God and humanity was this inverse relationship. The more God, then you have the less humanity. Ludwig Feuerbach, Schleiermacher, Marx, Engels, all of them, they saw God and humanity pitted against each other. What they didn't realize, and what many, many of your kids don't realize, what many of your grandkids don't realize, what many of my friends don't realize, many of those who've left the church or those who stay far away from the church, what they don't realize is that the fire of God's love is not a destroying fire. It's a fire that illuminates and it brings glory. Like This is why Jesus wants to set the world on fire, because he wants to fill it with his love, fill it with his mercy, fill it with his beauty. Again, this is why Mary is the crusher of all heresies. As the church fathers called her, she's the crusher of all heresies. You want to know what's true? Look at her. You want to see what happens when that fire gets really close, when you let it in deep? You become radiant. You're clothed with the sun. So let's just turn to her this morning and ask for her intercession for your children, especially those who've left the faith, those who are, have wandered really far from the church. Let's ask for her intercession for those who, who, who hate the church because um, they have misconstrued who God is. They stand in, on one side of the line that Jesus has drawn rather on the other because they think that God is a destroying fire. Let's ask her to intercede for them now. As we pray together, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen.